generally I, tr I describe it to people initially is it's a bit like Tai Chi. And, right. and, and if they glaze over at that point, I stop the conversation. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's closely related to Tai Chi, but it's a mind-body practice. It's, it, it's a very big sort of group of practices. Yeah. Um, and so the commonality is that it's getting the body and the mind to work together. Uh, so there are sort of martial practices, which are the Wushu practices. So the work the Shaolin monks do is classified as Qigong. Yeah, there's medical practices, there's spiritual practices, there's lots of different branches, but looks a bit like Tai Chi to see, um, and different people work with it in slightly different ways. So mm -hmm. I couldn't give a straight definition because everybody thinks differently about it. And I think that's that's close enough um, for most of us who who are not familiar with 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 that. I suppose it's less popularized than Tai Chi. As, as a phrase. So yeah. accepting that there are differences, I think my basic understanding is like you say, it's, it's in and around the sense of movement, just on its very, very basic level. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, yeah, absolutely right. And I say to me, there's, there's this concept of chi that sits within it. There's this concept of energy that sits within it, which is related to the movement of the mind. Yep. So there's big crossovers into mindfulness. And yep. I've been hearing recently that there's mindful movement practices that are being taught that are basically yep. traditional Qigong forms. Um, and so there's this big crossover into the mindful in, into the mindfulness area as well. Yeah. I think we'll play with very similar ideas. We just give them different labels. Yeah. How how did you get started in this arena, John? Um my stepfather was a minister in the church <clears throat> and uh, the, the the last thing he said to me before he died was the church has been the best um tool for him to express his beliefs yeah and i need to go and discover the tools that work for me and so i started looking at all kinds of world religions um i studied many many sort of systems read many many books and along the way i came across reiki and I thought Reiki looks interesting. So I went along to a Reiki teacher and he took one look at me and he said, you're going to hate this. <laughs> you're a Qigong person. And I was like, what? What? What was Qigong? And so he showed me a little bit. He, he did train me in Reiki and I did practice Reiki for, for a number of years. And I didn't hate it. But at the same time, it wasn't the tool that I was looking for. Yep. Whereas Qigong was. And then it was... Some people say it's destiny, but to me, when you become aware of something, you start to see it everywhere. Yep. It's a bit like when you buy a red car, suddenly everybody seems to be driving red cars. Yep. I'd suddenly become aware of Qigong. And so Qigong started, and so it just started to take over so much of my life until 2010, I think it was, I went full time um, with Qigong. And just, just in that sense, what can you tell me what resonated within you with with this um I, the thing that appealed initially was that when i was working with people with the sort of hands-on healing techniques and it wasn't just reiki there was a couple of others the experiences that i was getting didn't quite fit into the framework that i was using so sometimes you'd work with somebody and you'd feel icy cold Sometimes you'd work with somebody and your ears would ring or 
And there was all these sort of strange things that I was experiencing and I couldn't make sense of them. And then once I started looking at Qigong and the relationship into, into traditional Chinese medicine, I started to find frameworks that made me feel as if I wasn't such a weirdo, <laughs> that this was actually documented stuff that was going on. Uh, and, it, and it meant that I could then accept it as just, just the way that I respond to people. Um, and, and the Qigong aspect, I mean, as you can see, I can't stop waving my arms around. I, I, I'm a movement guy. Yes. You know, if you ask me to stand and put my hands on somebody, they won't stay there for long because, you know, I'm waving. Yeah. So I think the movement and also that 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 depth of understanding. I mean, the system's thousands of years old. Yes. Yeah. Massive depth of understanding that you can go to if you want to. But at the same time, there's this ability for it to be simple that I think is really important. And I think as when we were talking earlier on, you said that even learning that the practices started to affect your work in the IT sector. What, 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 did, what happened there? Um, because of the type of work I was doing, I was quite often having to go into companies and work with people who were of the impression that when this guy finishes his job, I'm going to be out of a job. Yes. So you worked with quite a lot of hostility, quite a lot of difficult clients. And I think one of the things that you learn from Qigong is there's sort of an internal relaxation. And every, every conversation you have is a dialogue. It's two people talking to each other. And if one of the people sort of fronting up, the other person can't help them to front up. Yeah. If you learn to relax, both physically and also with your tone, with your breath, the other person can't help but relax. And so in very simple terms, the communication got easier. I could start to have conversations where people were far more forthcoming and we were able to work together and we were able to understand each other a lot more. Instead of it being two people clashing together, it was two people just flowing together. Yes. Um, and, 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 and I didn't notice it happen. It's only in retrospect that I can see that pattern happen through the work. Yes. I love the way you do this, Azuk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I understand it not from, from the Qigong perspective, because like I said to you, I, I, am the, I am like the rest of, well, I don't want to, to classify the rest of the, the population, but I, I am really, yeah, it's, it's not an area that I'm familiar with, but in terms of what you've just described, um, I've seen that system of communication applied with non, non-violent communication for one, or areas in which um, when, I, when I talk to people, I talk to them about it in terms of mirror neurons, the psychology of, of the brain where it's like, this person is like that, and so it's either I copy and mm-hmm. then react or usually react first and then copy, but it's all unconscious. And, and it's, as soon as you get like that, it, it, this is almost inevitable <laughs> to happen. Yeah. So to be able to calm yourself down in whatever practice you, you've, you've been using, it allows for that fluidity of, of um, what I would describe as empathy in, in a different mm-hmm. way, as opposed to being in somebody else's shoes. It's that movement between 
to individuals or even a corporate setting? I think that's what you're describing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot of my background experience is in that corporate space, but the transition from corporate into pure Qigong work, it's still people talking to each other. It's yeah. still communication and it's still, more importantly, people listening to each other. And, you know, whether your framework is nonviolent communication, transactional analysis, you know, all of these, they, they talk to these basic ideas. And yeah. there's this common truth that sits there. And I think it's fascinating. It's a really powerful thing to explore. Um, in, in terms of the, the development of, of your, um, your practice, just, just talk us a little bit through some of the history, John, if you would. Okay, well, my first experience with the Reiki teacher, I, I can't remember what the name of the form was. It was just a very simple form. Um, but then very soon after, there was a Chinese-born Tibetan Buddhist who visited the local town. Uh, and I was able to go and study with him. And he was, he, he was not English-speaking. Uh, he spoke Mandarin and I didn't speak Mandarin. So that was an interesting experience. Um, but I, I, I'd done some study around Tibetan Buddhism and so I had an understanding. Yeah. Uh, and there was just real power in, in that. And he was one of these people who, when he walked into a room, you just felt him into the room. There was just this sense of peace around him. Yeah. Um, but he was actually based out in the States. He'd recently moved from Tibet out to the States and was just visiting the UK. So having studied with him for a while and just found that completely transformational, I then decided I wanted to teach. So I studied with uh, what was called the College of Qigong. It's now the College of Elemental Qigong and studied the elemental aspects. Um, and again, great learning. But as I came through that, it helped to explain the bits I was saying about, about why do I get hot? Why do I get cold? What are these yeah. responses? Yes. What movement can we use? But there was something missing for me. And so I kept searching. So I then studied primal animal work. I studied Buchi, I studied Huagong, um, spent time with all of these systems. And again, didn't quite find the answers. And then in I get dates muddled up, probably about 2008, maybe a bit earlier, yeah, a little earlier than that. Um, a friend of mine who I'd studied with said, one of my, the system that she'd initially trained in, which is the Jigong system, one of her teachers was coming over and she had arranged for him to do some workshops where, where I live and that he was going to come and stay with me for a week. Right. So my introduction to this system was having this guy who'd never been to the UK before suddenly turning up and living with me for a week. And it was interesting because it was the first form of Qigong I didn't like. Um, and I didn't like it because it was challenging. And at that point, I realized that a lot of the stuff I'd done before had just been about making me comfortable. Yes. And serving that aspect of me. Whereas what I was getting from Jan Sher was something that was actually transformational. It was making me face up to things. It was making me observe the, fit, the stuff that I do and the way that I am and have the option to change it. Um, and it was only probably about, I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks worth of practice. And I was going, wow, this is incredible. And I was completely hooked. And at that point, all of the other systems gradually sort of disappeared from my repertoire. 
And it's quite interesting doing work that I do now, which is across all forms of Qigong and working with people who've studied the systems and they do it and you're going, I think I remember that, but not really. Yeah. You know, there's stuff that comes in that's really powerful for you at the time. And then when it ceases to be of use to you, it, it, it seeps away and something else comes in. So, yeah. That, yeah. yeah. It's, it's fascinating because e even that, that little um, piece is, is almost like a metaphor for life in, in terms of, hey, you know, comfort is great, but there comes a point where a challenge comes in and you can either accept it and, and grow and develop from it or not. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's, it, it's so central. It really is. Um, I mean, we were having these conversations around stress and I think that it speaks very clearly to that as well, that sometimes you, you do things in order to make yourself feel better. Yes. But what you're really doing is preventing yourself moving on. Correct. Yes, for sure. And then, other, and then other times you can do stuff that help you understand why things aren't working quite so well. And then at that point, you can go, right, do I want to stay in this situation? And if the answer is yes, great. I now understand the situation. I can manage it more, more effectively. Yeah. Or maybe I can move out of that response. Um, it's from, yeah. Sorry. I was, going to, I, I was going to say it's just far more freeing to me to actually face up to things and explore them and have that option. Yes, definitely. Um, just, so sticking with the stress bit, um, John, and the, the movement. So the, these are two things that are, for me, um, where we are particularly troubled at present as a, as, as a society, as a, as a world, um, mm -hmm. where there's a lot of stress around and where I see it is a lot of it is, is based on immobility. Mm -hmm. I, I, the immobility is we're locked down. You and I are talking over a piece of technology, but physically you're in your space and I'm in my space. Um, and that in itself is a form of lockdown that a lot of people have had to adapt with and, and deal with. So how does, how does this sort of uh, concept fit into to what you do in terms of movement? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I think the first thing is that there's a lot of work around stress that suggests that connection is really important. Um, that actually when we become isolated, just maybe in our thinking or in our physical, or in our physical experience of the world, this becomes difficult for us. Yes. Um, and so one of the pieces that we find within the Jineng system of Qigong um, is this idea of expand the awareness. Um, and it, it's a really simple idea. Um, I think the cleanest sort of representation I can have of it is if I've, if I've woken up in the morning and I'm a bit grumpy, and it still happens. Never. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> Walk out the front door and hear the birds sing. Yes. And in the moment of hearing the birds sing, suddenly instead of you being completely inwardly focused and going, wah, 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 you're suddenly going, ah, listen to that. And it could be that you do that by looking out of a window. It could be that you do that by listening to birds, watching people walk past. 
there's a piece there that it's so important to have this ability to just have awareness of everything that's happening around you. <clears throat> I think to me, this is, this is really one of the basis of the, of the meditation state. The state that we have in meditation isn't a state of shutdown, not thinking, not doing, sitting here vegetating. <clears throat> yeah. It's a state of complete awareness in which we can sit and relax and just enjoy that state of awareness. And I think that those underlying pieces within Qigong are really, really powerful. Because Good. that awareness also means that you start to notice what your internal narrative is. I can notice when I go out and hear the birds that all this sort of energy that I'm putting into being grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, I'm focusing on something so small and so completely irrelevant in the greater scheme of things that I can go, well, it's there, but maybe I don't need to give it my energy. That's really, really good point because the, the point of giving it energy. So it, by focusing on whatever is internal, and if the internal is, is a bit like that, the, mm -hmm. the more you focus on it, the, the, the tighter the weave gets. And, yeah, yeah. And sometimes we, we don't realize that that's what we're doing by giving it energy. So are you, are you saying to me that that, in certain practices that you you would be teaching people or showing people it, it's the the movement helps to to in in my phraseology loosen the weave or to to gain more um awareness of internal as well as external so there must, there, there's both going on at the same time yeah i think there's Okay, there's. <clears throat> I wasn't expecting to go here today, but let but let's explore a little. Um, <laughs> there's to me there's there's eyes open practice and there's eyes closed practice in qigong. Right. Okay, so eyes closed practice is what you see people doing. So eyes closed practice is sort of the is the big fluid movements and all the animal work and. Yeah. This is eyes closed practice, and it helps us to explore our internal space explore that that physical space inside explore the emotional baggage that we carry around with us and to work with it um, and to create new habits so one of the habits um, is you know what happens when you relax the shoulders yeah. this is an interesting habit yeah this is the eyes closed practice but the eyes open practice is far more interesting because the eyes open practice is when you take the things that you've learned by standing there for an hour in the morning, waving your arms and legs around and looking graceful. <laughs> you know, what happens when you take those habits and put them into everyday life? Yeah. Because the bottom line is that the thing that stresses you, the thing that is going to be most difficult for you probably doesn't exist in the eyes closed practice. It happens in the eyes open space. It happens when you are in your everyday life, in your normal state. Yes. And what you need to do is take the tools that you learn from the eyes closed practice and apply them into that everyday life. So from that perspective, what we learn, it may be a simple movement. I'll keep my hands high so you can see them. So there's a movement called La Chi, which is just release mm -hmm. and gather back. Mm -hmm. Now that movement, is a nice closed practice is wonderful. You can feel the whole body release and yeah. everything gather back. But as a movement for when you're driving the car and getting wound up by being stuck in traffic, 
or you know anything that winds us up during the day if suddenly what you've got to do is stop and do this it's not very practical especially when you're driving a car <laughs> so how do you actually take that idea and for me I'm, I'm a movement person I love movement so I can take that movement and I can turn that into a breath I, I've had that experience I know what that feeling is so now let's just make that a single breath or let's take a moment to you know just maybe roll the shoulders or release let's take little pieces of the practice and apply it into everyday life and what it does is it gives you that opportunity to instead of holding on to that thing that's winding you up so much mm -hmm. it's just like opening the hands and looking at what you're holding on to that's a very different way of holding things yeah yeah than that <laughs> that that causes restriction and tightening and difficulty and and stress and tension that is just going oh okay yes so that's sort of the application of qigong around stress to me okay so so you if i get this correctly the eyes closed practice of of this which mm -hmm. may or may not be graceful in my case <laughs> we won't we won't we won't make any judgment but so this eyes closed practice you've translated into a interceptive sort of way of, of taking a, a physical movement that's external and internalize it into a breath movement, mm -hmm. if I understand what you're saying correctly, which releases the stress and tension without having to physically do it, because you get the same effect from this as you get from is, is yeah. that yeah and bre breath is breath is a really easy tool to use yeah but you can also use change of stance change of posture shifting weight in the body so say rolling the shoulders any of these little socially acceptable movements yeah can be applied to qigong and nobody will know well i say nobody will notice you do them people will notice the effect of you doing them but they won't go why is he standing there on one leg pretending to be a bird? Yes. <laughs> so, have you been um, looking at me in the park? <laughs> I've been spying. Yeah. <laughs> so, some time ago, I, um, I, I'm sorry, after it might be embarrassing, but I'll tell you anyway. I, I, I developed a system that I'm sure nobody will buy for patented called the Pepper Pig system. Right because I was standing in the park one day um, after doing a, a little bit of slow shuffling, as I call it. And there's this, this wrapper on the ground with this pepper pig on it. Mm -hmm. Right, well, let's use this as my um, warm down time. So it's basically look, relax your eyes, look around you and then close it. And then you can feel the sun. So it wasn't, it wasn't midwinter. <laughs> yeah. And you could feel a gentle breeze, so it, it wasn't one of these hurricanes that came past. And just just start to shift in in a, in a direction, either clockwise or anti-clockwise. And I said, right, well, let's try that and see if I can land back at exactly the same spot that I started off from. Mm -hmm. And that that sort of perspective of, of awareness is, is like it really calms, to me, it calms you down. Um, 
And that, that simple practice, I can feel it even if I describe it to you now. There's a sensation that I've kept, even though yeah. it's been weeks since I've been out there doing this. Yeah, it, it's interesting, isn't it? It's a bit like that thing of music. Um, certain songs take us to certain places. Yeah. I think certain movements can, certain sort of physical structures, certain breaths. We can, and I think within NLP, they talk about anchor points as well, or uh, anchoring techniques. Yes. Um, I think this is, it, it's one of those fundamental things that we can learn to harness and work effectively with. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So just to, to segue a little bit, John, in, in terms of the, um, I'm going to say this, but it, it doesn't come from an expert, it comes from a totally inexpert place. So I just wanted to get your perception on this perspective, on the idea that if, if we're doing Qigong, if I was there in your class and saying, right, well, you can neither focus on the movement, the form, um, whether you get the form precise or not, or you can focus on the breath, or you can focus on what's going on in your mind. Mm -hmm. So there, there are three different aspects to this, as far as I can see. How does that fit with, with what you do? Uh, ultimately, there's a phrase that's used, which is idao chi dao, where the mind goes, the chi follows. Yeah. Um, so to me, the most important piece is the mind. But in order to support the mind in doing the work, we use various tools. So one tool might be the breath. Another tool might be movement. And in Qigong, sometimes we have a big emphasis on, on breath, not so much in the Jineng system, but within other systems, big emphasis in the breath. Sometimes we have a big emphasis in the movement. But ultimately, what we're trying to do is get the mind to drive the chi in certain ways. Um, if we get too obsessed with the breath, it can distract the mind. And if we get too obsessed with the accuracy of the movement, it can distract us from achieving what we want to do. So we need to hold all of these quite lightly. Um, personally, and maybe this is a response to the last couple of years working online on a, on a laptop with like loads of like tiny little images of people, yeah. I'm less interested in physical accuracy now than I ever was. I think it's far better for people to have the idea of this movement has a meaning and this movement has a meaning. And maybe it looks like this for you. Maybe it looks like that for somebody else. Yes. Um, if the intention is clean and the movement is slightly different, it's not a problem. At some point, we can tune the movement up. And I think tuning the movements up is always useful. You know, when you take a practice that you've been doing uh, because maybe you have limited movement in the shoulder, you do it one way. And you never challenge that by trying to do the movement accurately. You'll never challenge the restrictions in the shoulders. That's so, an interesting point. Yes. Yeah. So physical accuracy is really important. But if the first thing that you do is ask people to move 100% accurately, what you're actually doing is asking them to, to perform choreography. And choreography and Qigong are two different things. They, they, they may head to the same place, 
but it's more for me personally. And there's probably going to be Qigong teachers who watch this who go, no, 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 physical accuracy is, is everything. This is, this is the approach that I take, that I think that physical accuracy is really important as a tuning up technique. But the most important thing is get body and mind working together. So that, that speaks to me, and I don't want to have friends who are into to dance and choreography, so I have to be careful I don't upset and lose friends along the way. Um, from that, I, I take the sense of the, the concept of freedom, mm -hmm. and the freedom of the mind and the freedom of movement. In what you're describing is getting to a point of freedom as opposed to a point of fixed following. Yeah, and that comes back to where we are in pandemic times. We have a, uh, without getting any pol politics into it, as the pro or anti-vaccine and all the rest of that, do you 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 feel that there's a fixed one must follow some way and it's fixed, and the the greater the the rigidity of it, the less freedom you feel and the higher the stress level. Yeah, I, I think that can definitely be the that can definitely be the case. I think that ultimately what we're looking at with within Qigong, and I and, and, and I will say something about some of the animal form work that I did, where you take on animal form within the Qigong. Right. So we've all seen karate kid with him balancing on a pole pretending yeah, to yes, be a bird. Yes. You know. I fell off many times trying that. <laughs> We've, we've, we've got this type of thing within Qigong and, you know, if you pretend to be a tiger, there's something really powerful about being a tiger. Yes. But being a tiger doesn't work in all situations. Um, you know, being a bird, being a deer. Excuse me, I must interrupt you because this year is the year of the tiger. So it, it, you can't say that. It's, well, you can. You can say anything you want, but it is the year <laughs> of the tiger. It is the year of the tiger, yeah. yeah. But taking on that physicality and that idea creates a single point of perspective. Yes. And that single point of perspective, if that's your practice, only lets you look through down one yeah. path. Yeah. And it may be that you can use that to look back on what's going on for you. But that's not freedom. That's just looking at it from a different angle. For me, the idea of freedom is having the ability to look at it from all angles. Yes. So today my practice may resemble a tiger. Today my or, and tomorrow it may resemble a deer. Um, I need, for me personally, I need that freedom to explore and to view things from different perspectives. Because then I can notice the stuff that I carry around with me. Yeah. yeah. I can notice the chains that sort of hold me back. The things that I get stressed or anxious about. Yeah. John, to move it forward again. You also do stuff with integrative medicine. Mm -hmm. um, can you can you tell me a little bit or, or explain what that what that link is for you and how what you do relates to medical practice? Um, <clears throat> over the years, working as a qigong practitioner and working with qigong, you meet people with all kinds of um, levels of faith and trust in the system of Qigong. And so you may meet somebody who has a diagnosis and they go, I only want to use Qigong. I trust it'll work, in which case, great, we just do Qigong. But that's actually quite rare. 
Right. Most people will want to look at how Qigong can support them in maybe a number of approaches to overcoming a problem. So if you look, I mean, obviously cancer is one of the things that Qigong has got this reputation in. Um, and you could take the approach of, no, you mustn't do this, you mustn't do that, you mustn't do the other, only do Qigong, but it's not practical. Yeah. People need to do what makes sense to them. So when I look at integrative medicine as a Qigong practitioner, what I look at is how can Qigong support people in the place that they're at doing what they're doing? Yeah. So, so maybe it's a question of how can we use Qigong in order to reduce the overall stress levels so they can come back into a parasympathetic response and allow the body to do something far more healthy than sit there and worry about stuff. And that will help all of the other things that are going on to work more effectively. Um, there was an interesting person that I've, I've spoken about many times who, again, had a cancer diagnosis and I asked him about the medications he was taking. Yeah. He said, I, I hate taking the medications. Every day I take the medications, it reminds me I'm going to die. Um, and so we had a conversation about it and I was saying, well, what would it be like if every time you took your medication, you had a more positive thought about it? You know, what if, what if taking it, you're going, this is helping me survive. This is helping me to carry on living in the way that I want to live. This to me is about using simple techniques from Qigong because you can use movement in order to guide the mind into that more positive mindset and change the relationship with your medication. And if you're taking meds four times a day, that is a practice. Four times a day, you are going through the same process. And we can talk about the chemical process, but you've got to look at the mind process. So it doesn't matter whether, you know, obviously I'm, I'm Qigong, but it, we could do this with mindfulness. We could do this with yoga. We could do this with any range of practices that sit out there. How can they become mutually supportive instead of separated? Yes. And, and how can we actually give people the option <clears throat> to engage in the range of things that are going to be the best cocktail for them because of what they believe in or what they don't believe in? Um, how can we do that? And I think it's a really interesting question. I'm, I'm endlessly fascinated by it. <laughs> yes, we could go for hours on this, but um, I'm aware that um, we're, we're going to, to start to wind it down now, John. Um, I've got one last very quick question for you. How do you sit with the Qigong and the, the, the word exercise? Oh. All right, in, in two two minutes or less, it okay. can be quite emotive. I think that one of the things that I've learned through the practice of Qigong is that the English language is we hear specific meaning in specific words. Yes. Um, when I think of exercise, my son is an athlete. He exercises. Um, I spent a lot of time doing sort of various sports. I spent a lot of time exercising. My relationship with Qigong is different to the relationship that I had when I was trying to become physically fit or physically capable of achieving things. So therefore, my relationship with the term exercise is different. Um, I prefer the idea of practice because when we talk about the eyes closed practice, what we're doing is we are practicing so that we can perform in a more effective way in everyday life. Um, and so to me, the term practice makes more sense. But again, I know that there are teachers out there and I've worked with them who use the term exercise. The next exercise is this. 
And every time I hear it, I can hear these little bells ringing in my head going, no, it's not an exercise. <laughs> but that's, again, that's just my junk that I carry around with me. Um, I think language is really divisive. And I think that if you consider it an exercise and, you, and that's a helpful framework for you, consider it an exercise. Yes, uh, it's, it's a good point. It is really important to realize who you are matters and what you carry and what you think and all the rest of that because that that if you have that coming back to that idea of an awareness of it then you have possibility of doing something about it but if you have no awareness that you have no possibility of change if you wish to change yeah john john it's been really fascinating talking with you um where where do people find you on the online space and what what where or even in physical space i'm i'm based in suffolk um so i live in the middle of nowhere and when i say the middle of nowhere i was sitting in i was sitting looking out the window yesterday and there's hares boxing in the field opposite so if you want to experience that come to suffolk um you can find me and you've already mentioned three monkeys qigong um but rather than spell that you can also find me through energyplay.co.uk um and Three Monkeys Qigong is a collaboration. It's about teacher training retreats and things like that. But if you track me down, I can tell you about all the other bits and pieces that go on. Excellent. Lovely. It's been great talking to you. And Thank no you, doubt we will we will meet somewhere in the non-virtual space. I Take look forward to it. <laughs> Take care. Bye.